We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect. There are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, American, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. I would put myself in the same category as D-Way. Now our test is jumped over the scores table. Our test is in the stands. This man was a bona fide scrub. He can't play. When I go to the writers to tell me who can guard in this league, I'll put a gun to my own head. Welcome to the Roadwire NBA podcast, presented as always by DraftKings.com. It is Thursday, December 20th. On this day, 10 years ago, James Anderson, Jamal Crawford scored 50 points for the Golden State Warriors, one of three 50-point games in Jamal Crawford's career. Uh, all three have come with different teams, so he has one with the Warriors. Can you name the other two teams for which he has scored 50-plus points? Well, first of all, I forgot he even played for the Warriors. Uh, so did I. Let's see. Although I do think a, a Jamal Crawford, uh, like we believe, era Warriors jersey is going to be a very cool jersey to own someday. Not that I have one. I would like to acquire right. one, but I think in like 10 years, that's going to be an awesome jersey. So I've got it narrowed down to three. Do you know which team he started his career with? Uh, the Bulls? He's, correct. Yeah. He's played for eight teams. Um, So the three teams I'm deciding between are the Bulls, Knicks, and Clippers. Or okay. Am I two of those three are correct? Okay, good. All right. So all right. Um Clippers. Oh, incorrect. Wow. Sorry. Wow. You had Man. a really good chance to get that. <laughs> so it's the Knicks and the Bulls. Okay. He also scored fifty. All right. Uh what a trivia question. So Christmas is obviously coming up um five days from now. It seems like it should be closer, but I guess it's only the twentieth, but we will not be speaking at all until after christmas uh a while back i had you guess the christmas day matchups uh that was so much fun that was really good podcast yeah that was uh, Um. one of the things we've received the most feedback on that was probably (laughs) back in like october um i don't expect you to remember what the matchups are so i have them provided for you but i want you to power rank uh the five christmas day matchups from 
most apathetic to least apathetic. I know you're not going to be like really excited for any of these. So just like if you had to watch one of them out of the five, there's a couple. There's a couple that I think look pretty good. Okay, well I'll run through them quick. We have in order uh, of broadcast schedule: Bucks at Knicks, Thunder at Rockets, 76ers at Celtics, Lakers at Warriors, and Blazers at Jazz. Okay, so I'll rank them. Uh, do you want me to go from worst to best or best to worst? Uh, you pick. All right, well, let's let's go from worst to best. Okay. Uh, you know, I'm gonna say the. Uh, it's got to be the Bucks Knicks. It it sucks that it's the first game and therefore probably one of the games that most people are gonna watch because right. nobody Just will on. be napping and everyone will be anxious to to yeah. get Christmas underway. But, uh, I mean. <laughs> Great at the Knicks did beat the Bucks. Uh, you and I were both watching that game a few weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, so who knows what could happen? But I would expect the Bucks to blow out the Knicks. And uh, I mean, Giannis is always fun, but that I mean, I, I mean, the big storyline is that Giannis is basically seeking retaliation for the step over. Right? Sure, sure. I um, mean, maybe like maybe Giannis goes for like forty and like gets a triple double and it's fun or something like that. Um, I it's think not gonna be fun for the Knicks. No, I think the uh, fourth worst or the the. Second worst game is the Blazers at Jazz, sure. part, partly because it's the late game and it's just not really compelling enough for me to stay up until midnight to watch that game. And I'll probably be like, I mean, who knows what I'll be doing, but it, it's at 930. Playing with all your new gifts. Yeah, yeah playing with all my new toys. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's it's an okay game. It might, might be fine, but... Uh, then I'll say the Thunder at the Rockets. Um, Interesting. Eh, I don't know. I think okay. this is actually more about the the top two games in this game. Sure. Uh, then I will say the Sixers at the Celtics. Uh, that's that's a cool game. That's a fun, a game. fun game. I'll watch that game. And then I'll say the Lakers at the Warriors for very obvious reasons. I think I agree with you. Um, I mean, I, I always end up watching the earliest game just because it's on. It's on. So like, it's on. Like, what else are you right. doing at, you know, 11 o'clock on? Yeah, they Christmas could be day. airing, like, a local <laughs> sixth grade boys basketball game, and I'd be like, well, yeah, I guess. I mean, it's a, it is Tuesday. It's the only so thing there's on. really so. nothing else on. I mean, there are probably going to be some bowl games. I don't know when the, the famous Idaho Potato Bowl has got to be around that time. Um, but, no, I think I agree with that order. Like, Portland, Utah at the time was like, whoa, Utah got a Christmas game. They're 14th, I think, in the West right yeah. now. It's like that game just isn't yeah, as cool. The as NBA it really regrets that decision. Yeah, um, but yeah, it should be a fun Christmas slate. A couple quick things to touch on before we do uh, an idea that you came up with, which is the rarest of the ideas. Yeah. Uh, something that you good for me. I'm good for doing. one of those, like once every two months. Yeah. Well, what happened was you said, "Hey, I'm really busy. We're doing the baseball mag right now. You know, can you find a sub host?" And I was like, "Yes, of course, James." And then you not only reneged on that and said, I want to do the podcast. We have to do it, you and I, this week. You also provided an idea for it. So I'm really excited. We're going to do the teams with the 10 brightest futures and the teams with the five bleakest futures, yeah. I guess, for lack of a better term. So that'll be a lot of fun. But before we get to that, uh, Rick Pitino, huge news for Pitino Watch. Although at the end of the day, I don't know that it really affects this all that much. He's apparently finalizing a deal to coach a team called Panathinaikos in mm-hmm. Greece. You know, my first thought was, oh, my God, like he's not going to be able to coach in the NBA this year. And then you and I kind of talked about it, and the, we came to the conclusion that if, for whatever reason, tomorrow the Sacramento Kings fired Dave Yeager and, you know, placed a call to Rick Pitino's agent or anyone in, like, you know, a 100-mile radius of Rick Pitino, like, he would drop everything. He could be in the middle of a practice. He mm-hmm. could be in the middle of a game. Uh, it wouldn't really matter. He would drop everything and leave this team for an I mean, he could job. be on the flight over there, and he could go up to the cockpit just- and tell the pilot like we're turning this plane around i think he would just jump out you know and <laughs> land where he lands and, and right. go from there so yeah i mean i think he would do that for a high level college job and maybe even a mid-level college I, job like if uwgb sure. i was yeah. looking at uh odds that college coaches get fired this year and in terms of power five conferences minnesota's richard oh. patino's number one they could fire richard patino and hire his dad in minnesota to patino <laughs> oh man yeah go gophers so uh, that's the scenario i'm rooting for so this is kind of like in teen movies, I don't know if this actually happens in in real life, but like sometimes in in movies, like uh, 
a girl that's like really interested in a guy will date another guy in hopes of that guy getting jealous. I think, I think Patino's just kind of like Girl showcasing stuff. to like the NBA teams, like, Hey, look at what you're missing out on. Mm-hmm. I'm over here with this team in Greece. Dating you know? this hot <laughs> Greek girl. <laughs> yeah. She's got a really um, long name. Nobody can pronounce it. <laughs> no, uh, I think, I think that could certainly be it. Uh, this is just by no means closes the door on Rick Patino's American coaching career. No, if, if anything, it, it props the door even wider open. More well, especially wider. if this, I mean, Panathinaikos team plays well. How, how could they not? Right, exactly. <laughs> um, well, that's enough, Petito. Uh, one other quick thing: Jabari Parker. At this point, it seems inevitable he's going to be traded between now and mid-February, but he might be back in the rotation. Bobby Portis is now out for like two to four weeks, so mm-hmm. they they like might have no choice but to play Jabari Parker. Uh, Jim Boylan said today that Jabari needs to be ready just in case that he has to play basketball. Uh, I, I, I imagine he will be ready. So I assume he's ready now. Well, he's been I mean... sick the last three games. He's been, quote-unquote, sick. He's been away from the team. So now he, I'm assuming he's going to be cured and back in the rotation tomorrow. Uh, but the Knicks, there are rumors today that they're apparently kicking the tires on a Jabari trade, and so are the Utah Jazz. That was reported a few days ago. It doesn't really seem like either of these are imminent by any means. But what is the benefit of bringing in Jabari Parker, especially if you're the Jazz, he has a team option for next year, so like there's not really any long-term commitment. If you're the Bulls, you can't be expecting to get much, if any, value back. You know, like for me, like you could say, like, oh, the Knicks could bring in Jabari, clear out some salary, play him for the rest of this year, and then not pick up his option and clear out a little more salary. Like, is well, what, that a- what? Wouldn't you would have to like? It's a negative deal, right? Like you, you need to be getting. It's either going to be similar bad money going back, right. or they've got to attach like a second rounder to it or something like I, that. Well, I don't even know which side would be attaching the second rounder. That's what I'm asking. It's like it's well, hard to decipher who's like winning and losing a deal with Jabari Parker. I feel like uh, until we know more, whichever team's getting Jabari Parker is losing yeah. the deal. Because um, neither team would want to take on money in this scenario. Right. I. I mean, he would. Not that the Knicks need a ton of help, but he would help the Knicks lose games. I think. Um, but there's just I, I I really just think his NBA career is it's on its last legs. Like I mean I I don't think he's going to be out of the league next year, but I don't think he's ever going to be viewed as a starter oh, again no. in the I mean, league. He, so like, after what's, watching what's the, the point? I after guess. watching the Pelicans last night playing against the Bucks, he's kind of in the same zone as Jalil Okafor, uh-huh. just as a small forward. Yeah, he'll be like he'll yeah. hang around because of his pedigree and because of how good he was sure. as a high schooler and a college player. You know, like nobody will ever fully give up on Jabari until he's like 31. But like no one's, he's going to be in that situation where he's going to bounce from team to team and it's like, is this finally the one? Basically, the, the situation that like 35 year old Mello is in right now, which ironically <laughs> right. is like a big cop of Jabari's right. coming right. out of college. Right. Uh, yeah. I, I don't really understand what's in it for any of these teams. Like on that dollar figure, like I could see the Knicks signing him to like a one year like minimum contract or something like that to just let him with yeah. something to prove try to like showcase himself but right at 20 20 million for the year it's like what what's the upside here like if right. he's i mean you're declining that there's no level of good that he could be where you would pick up that option right. for any team, so the Knicks or otherwise. yeah so, so it's th- just you no matter what you're declining it and trying to renegotiate mm-hmm. it and you could just do that on the open market anyway right and he's an expiring contract and this is the time of year when those type of players start to become more attractive but he's not he's not the type of player that if you're a contending team you're like oh we can we can load up and add jabari like he's going to hurt you our culture will fix jabari <laughs> right and i think that's probably like utah's thinking in some way i mean obviously there's always been the ties with you know the mormon background and whatnot but, but i it, I think it's a really bad basketball fit just because... I think they're desperate. They're desperate, but I, I think this would be kind of a poison pill, even though they are desperate. It's They need shooting. They still need shooting. Uh, he's not going to provide that shooting. Um, their whole identity is defense. He's going to worsen them on that end of the court. It just doesn't make any sense. Okay. Um, so you actually provided two topics for this podcast outside of the... Look at the futures for for certain teams. You also posed the question. We have somewhat of a consensus, um, at least you and I do, and I think I think most people would would generally agree that the top seven players in the league, in some order, are LeBron James, Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, Anthony Davis, Giannis Antetokounmpo, James Harden, Kawhi Leonard. 
you know, you yeah. can maybe add one or two guys. I won't. I honestly won't hear an argument for anyone joining that top seven. I did, I'm sure somebody that's listening is yelling like, "You forgot about this guy. You forgot about my favorite player." Like I, but there's no. Yeah. To me, there's no real argument to put right. another player in that group. And the numbers do back this up, for the most part. You have seven of those nine, or excuse me, seven of the top nine in the league in PER right now are those seven, and the other two guys are Nick Vucevic who I don't think anyone is arguing is a top nine player and Nikola Jokic, who maybe somebody would argue belongs close to that group. So your question to me was, if those are the top seven, who is the eighth best player in the NBA? Um, But since this was your question, I'll let you start. So you take this wherever you want. All right. I think there are plenty of guys that you should consider. uh, But to me, and especially just factoring in, the start of this season the first you know 30 plus games or whatever uh i think it's paul george okay so i should have asked ahead of time are we doing who's the eighth best player right now or just overall you know taking into account beyond the you know the first 30 games of this year i'm sort of thinking like for the rest of the season okay like who is gonna have the most impact and like into the postseason too like i'm factoring in postseason like how i would expect them to perform in a postseason mm-hmm. series like they're who has the fewest weaknesses who has the most strengths okay. i think it's paul george all right i narrowed my list down to 12 which is a long <laughs> list uh but i will say pg is the guy i was leaning toward i think it's pg and Jokic. okay were kind of my two Embiid was right there and then russ and i know you're a little bit lower on russ but i, I do still you think don't have russ Ky- is at you don't best. have Kyrie ahead of russ no i didn't say that i just think russ like Kyrie's in that conversation too, mm-hmm. but like I don't want. I you could make a reasonable case to some degree that Russ is number eight. I wouldn't necessarily buy it, but it wouldn't be crazy. So my list is Jokic. This is not in order. Jokic, Russ, Embiid, Kyrie, Lillard, Paul George, Blake Griffin, Jimmy Butler, Victor Oladipo, Carl Towns, Rudy Gobert, and Devin Booker. And I want you to keep in mind that Devin Booker's middle name is Armani, so okay. that you need to weigh that in the decision making <laughs> okay. process. All right, yeah, I mean that that's that list is a little too deep for for well, my liking. I, Booker, I, I would not include Booker. Okay. I would not include Towns. Okay. Uh, uh, I mean, there were a decent amount of guys you listed towards the end there that I don't think I would Blake, include. Blake, Oladipo, Gobert. I wouldn't, I wouldn't include. I wouldn't include Gobert. I wouldn't include Blake. Um, I'm with you on those guys. I mean, I'm Blake fine is- with including Oladipo. I'm fine with like I think Kyrie needs to be included. I think Embiid and Jokic need to be included. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like I'm going Paul George, and I just think Paul George is a significantly better version of Jimmy Butler. So therefore, I like wouldn't consider Jimmy Butler at all. No, I'm with you. Um, on that. Like to me, honestly, my next two would probably be Jokic and Kyrie, uh, just because I think that they they're unique players that do uh like i from the uh nuggets games i've watched this year Jokic's defense has been decent like he's well, their mean, team defense has been right yeah like it's not much like better he always gets this rap as just this like you know all offense no defense and like it's not like he's going to be able to go out there and switch on a pick and roll or anything like that but um you know he can be your rim protector and uh the stuff he does on offense is just so special yeah. and then like Kyrie just kind of that that playoff track record, that ability to get uh, his shot at any time in any situation. And I think he's he's another guy who, I mean, the defense is below average, but it's not as bad as like someone like Harden or, or Westbrook really to me. Jokic at least tries really hard. Yeah. Like you watch him, like it's very funny to watch. Like he'll come charging out full speed on a closeout, usually get blown by. But like, you know, there are a lot of guys who won't even make that effort. And like there's some, you get like some sort of like brownie points in my book at least for doing that. Kyrie, best tough shot making guard in the league by far. I don't even know who number two would Steph. be. I mean, I, I think Kyrie makes way more tough shots than Steph. Well, we think of Steph's shots as well, not tough because it's Steph, well, but like, wise, sure. like his th- the threes he takes and makes are threes that nobody else in the league right. could take and I'm make. I'm thinking off like the tested shots. Sure, I guess. like inside the three point line, I think Kyrie for sure. Like, I think Kyrie, LeBron, and Durant are there only three guys that are, they're like kind of on their own in terms of like being like, it doesn't matter if you got two defenders, if it's end of the shot clock and you put a move on somebody and it doesn't work, they're still going to get it off and you're still going to feel okay about it. You know, in. who's, you know, who's going to be in that conversation in about a year 
is uh is it who i think you're gonna say <laughs> yeah Dodgic? yeah well I'm, i was gonna say i was surprised that he didn't even make your honorable mention no, i mean he can't be i mean well, I, he's gonna I be all him. nba he's gonna be well, on the all-star game i'm but I, like i like i told you though i'm not to me like i would cut off my honorable mention at about like four or five guys like I, i'll i'll still yeah. i'll still cape for him for for the all-star team when when time comes i 100% believe that. So <laughs> the last player I cut from my honorable mentions, so this would make him like the 20th best player in the league was Draymond. Okay. Um, like his value now I think is lower than it's been at any point in the last four or five years, but he's yeah, still this, super good. Like this entire Warriors yeah. run, it's it's lower than it's ever been. He's still close to as good of a defender. You know, I think he peaked in that regard in like 2015-16. But he's been pretty close these last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Like he's been, he's been a better defender this year than he was last year, I think. But so much of his value when he was at his absolute peak, when he was a borderline top ten, top fifteen guy the year that they won seventy three, he shot thirty nine percent from three. Now he's shooting twenty one percent from three. And he said last night after missing a bunch of wide open threes that he's just going to keep shooting them, and eventually it's going to correct itself. I mean, he's going on over one hundred fifty games now where if you in the aggregate he's shooting like 30 percent or lower like i just don't think that's ever coming back and if it doesn't like he's still super good on defense but that only gets you so far and it doesn't get you into this conversation that we're having you know i'm not gonna say it's never coming back just because like you know we've seen guys go from being bad three-point shooters to being good three-point shooters later in their career uh and he's done it before and and, like shooting a three-pointer to me is is a is kind of an old man skill still like especially the wide open ones he gets like i'm not i'm not going to rule out him getting back to like 32 33 34 percent but the fact that he's as bad as he is right now just takes him kind of completely out of this discussion which he's averaging six points a game right it's it's not good it all kind of started when that tweet was going around a couple years ago that somebody tweeted that it looks like he's shooting with a backpack on and ever (laughs) ever since then his shooting percentage has plummeted um okay before we do uh brightest futures bleakest futures should remind you that we have once again partnered with DraftKings this season to bring you the deal we've been telling you about on this podcast all season a free rotowire six-month membership all you have to do is go to rotowire.com slash DraftKings. that's r-o-t-o-w-i-r-e.com slash DraftKings. sign up for a new account and make a deposit of at least ten dollars You'll then get free six-month of access to all of our tools, all of our sports on rotowire.com. That includes our DFS tools, weekly rankings, premium articles, draft software, draft tools, everything on the website, all that for $10. You can then take that $10 and enter it into contests on draftkings.com and win even more money. Once again, go to rotowire.com slash draftkings, rotowire.com slash draftkings. Just go to that page, follow the instructions. It's super easy. Eligibility restrictions apply. New DraftKings users only. See DraftKings.com for details. All right. So, do you want to start with brightest futures or bleakest futures? Uh, let's do bleakest. Okay, this is a lot more fun. Yeah. I, I really enjoyed putting together this list. Yeah. Uh, do you want to go every other? Sure. We we should start at, like, 26 then. Like, so, like, a fifth worst and then work our way up to, up to the, worst. the worst yes okay uh i'll let you go first all right uh this was like you said this this was it was tough to put together there were plenty of deserving candidates here um you have to factor in you know obviously you're factoring in players the contracts those players are on the draft picks that everyone uh is expected to get um but I also think a huge, huge, huge part of this equation is ownership and just like the faith that we should have that the owner in the owner of each of these teams is going to allow good things to happen underneath him um, based on uh, recent track record. So, and th- that really played a, a role in my my pick here. Uh, I have the Knicks as having the uh, fifth worst future of any team in the league. And uh, part of this is me just kind of refusing to believe that a player of like Kevin Durant's caliber would choose to, to go play for this team. Um, but part of it is also just that, 
you know, James Dolan has proven for basically since he bought the team that he is incapable of uh, allowing good things to happen for this franchise. And things have probably been bleaker for the Knicks than they are right now over the past like 15, uh, 20 years. But uh, I look at the young talent on that roster. Chris Porzingis obviously is awesome, but they're going to have to pay him a ton of money pretty soon. He also has a torn ACL and he's seven foot three. Right. And, uh, you know, they've really, really struggled with draft picks in recent years. Uh, they've, you what? know, Tim Hardaway Jr. is getting paid a lot of money. Uh, he's putting up fun numbers for like fantasy and stuff, but, um, you I don't know, even I, say that he's at like 39%. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, I mean, they've just kind of turned into this organization that, like, uh, wayward point guards go to to, yeah. like, kind of rehab their – Point image. guard you, baby. <laughs> um, I just – I don't see – even if they got, like, Kevin Durant, I just don't yep. see what there is to really be excited about with the Knicks. And uh, I used kind of the James Dolan factor as a mm-hmm. as a negative tiebreaker. Um, but, there, like I said, there were plenty of other deserving candidates. So when we're talking futures, are we do I, I kind of thought of this as, like – and I know we purposely kept kept it kind of unstructured, but I thought of it as like three to five years in the future, yep. kind of like, like lifetime of like new contracts. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. kind of as far as anyone ever really yeah. looks We're not talking like next 20 this. years, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, looking at arena deals yeah. and things like that. Knicks were not on my list. They didn't make the list for either of them because I – I honestly thought about putting them on brightest futures just because of the KD possibility, because that alone would make the future so bright. Um, and they do have Porzingis and they do have cap room. Like for once they've at least not, they're not in like this horrible position with all these big free agents coming up. Like that's been the case, you know, the last two times that LeBron's been a free agent is they've just had such a horrible roster, almost swore there. It's been that bad. They've had such a horrible roster and horrible contracts. There's nothing they could even do to get in position. Right now, they have the Noah deal, which they stretched. That's like six and a half million for three more years beyond this year, which is bad, but not that bad. You have Hardaway for eighteen million next year, and then he has a player option for nineteen million in two years, which at least he's like productive enough that it's not like an albatross, but it's not great. Other than that, you have Courtney Lee next year, but I think that's only partially guaranteed. You have Lance Thomas at seven and a half next year, and other than that, it's just rookies and Porzingis. So like the books are open after this year. I don't know that I was going to say they deserve credit for that, but they really don't. I feel like it just kind of happened that way. Uh, the Noah deal is, you know, a big reason for that. But they, yeah, to me, they it's not quite bleak enough to make the bottom five, but it's certainly not rosy enough to be top ten. Yeah, it's, I mean, this could look bad. This mm-hmm. this call could look bad for me uh, if KD goes there. We will or, hold you accountable. So so they, you know, right now they have the fifth worst record in the league. Uh, if they were to get, you know, a top three pick, uh, and then you have, say, I don't know, say you have R.J. Barrett and Porzingis and Durant, all of a sudden, then, yes, they, they'd climb into that top ten. Uh, but I think the odds are they don't get a top three pick. I think, I mean, KD going to the Knicks, to me, would just – I'm sure it's tempting. I could see why it would be tempting for him just like to be the guy in New York City. Um, plenty of guys have made that mistake before. But, I mean, if it's just there's there's too much of a track record to yep. suggest that things are going to go differently this time. Um, so my bottom five, I, to be honest, I didn't really put them in order, but I, now I'll kind of try to do that on the fly. The least, uh, least trouble of all these. <laughs> hmm. Man, this is tough. I think I'm going to go with the Pistons. They're in my bottom five. Uh, they're they, were, in a, they would have been like sixth. Okay, me, so okay. Because yeah. um, they have some good players, and they're probably going to make the playoffs this year, and they're in a position with the way that the rest of the East is trending to kind of be in the spot for the next few years, basically as long as Griffin and Drummond are there. And like, as far as that trade goes, it's worked out, other than Tobias Harris being really good mm-hmm. and them basically passing up Shea Gitch Alexander. Like, Blake has been healthy, and he's looked better than he's looked in a long time. So that part of the deal has looked or has worked out pretty well for Detroit. You know, can you really assume Blake's going to stay healthy? I'm going to say no. Um, but Drummond, you know, you have two pretty good assets. For a team that's in the bottom five, you have two pretty good young assets, youngish assets, I should say, in Drummond um, and Blake Griffin. But can you really win anything with that core? No. Uh, the other top teams in the East aren't going anywhere anytime soon. And Their, their uniforms are argu- arguably the worst, worst in the uniform, league. Not even arguably anymore. They are the worst <laughs> uniforms in the league. Their G League team has better uniforms. How embarrassing is that? 
Uh, and they're just in that spot. They're in the spot that the Bucks were in from 2002 to 2010, basically, mm-hmm. where you're in position to finish between right. six and ten in your conference every year and pick between six and fifteen every year and just never get that guy. So yeah, I mean to me like they haven't really necessarily done a bad job. Like the Blake trade, given the circumstances, you know, it was like all right, was you know, you're choosing like the lesser of two evils, I guess. Um but I just don't I just think they're kind of stuck in mediocrity for the next four or five years. Yeah. I mean I think you know they have a good coach now. Um I mean not that Stamming Gundy was a bad coach, but obviously they had to get rid of him for for other reasons. Uh, they were definitely in consideration for me. I just think they're going to be competent enough over the next few years. Um, it, yeah, it, we, that's enough. That's enough. Pistons, yeah, I don't so. want to talk to more Pistons. All right, who's yours? Uh, fourth worst, I have the Suns for similar reasons as I had the Knicks. Uh, Robert Sarver, probably even a worst owner at least over the past two to three years than James Dolan. And I think that the Aiton Booker core is just so kind of flashy, especially for like fantasy and just like looking at statistics that these guys are putting out offensively. I just can't see that core. Like unless they get a player who's as good as Booker to pair with that core, I just don't see that core ever leading to a winning record especially in the western conference uh you know the rest of the roster i I like mccall bridges as a as a young wing prospect uh there's not much else there though i mean obviously they whiffed on the josh jackson pick i would have done the same thing uh yeah you would take number one (laughs) but you know they're gonna get another high pick maybe things change but as long as robert sarver's there i'm i have very little faith that this team and like when i'm ranking these teams it's it's sort of yeah sure they could develop into like a 44 mm-hmm. 45 win team uh if they nail their next lottery pick but like i mean who cares all right my next team the miami heat uh they have the highest payroll in the league this season they have the third highest payroll for next season as of now of course that could change based on free agency and likely will but the fact that they're already locked into that much money next year and it's not like they're a team that we're projecting to go sign a high-level free agent because they can't uh, is not good. They have Hassan Whiteside under contract for $27 million next year. Tyler Johnson has a $19 million player option next year. Probably pick James Johnson, $15 million next year. Deion Waiters, $13 million next year, $14 million the year after. He is coming up on almost a full calendar year since he's played They basketball. had to lock in Deion Waiters' prime, though. Kelly Olenek, $13 million next year. $14 million player option the year after. Uh, but on the other hand, you have Josh Richardson on a really good contract, and you have Justice Winslow, who I still like, on a pretty affordable contract, and you have Bam Adebayo, who looks like somewhat of a steal for them in the draft two years ago. To me, it, I, I trust the organization enough that I was a little bit hesitant to put them here, but the contracts at some point just become too much. Like They... They could very well wiggle their way out of this in two or three years and be just fine, but I, like you're gonna have to find multiple takers to take these deals, and you have to unload multiple picks to get rid of them I, if you want to do anything in the next two years. Yeah, I don't think that they. I, I think they kind of just have to bite the bullet uh, and just acknowledge they're gonna be bad for the next two years. But I think when they get through the woods uh, and get that all that terrible money off the books, I have enough faith in the kind of infrastructure of the team like they still have one of the best coaches in the league um i can't say they have one of the best gms in the league because pat riley was the reason they have all these contracts but uh they have they had one of the best they they have good ownership uh it's it's a place that under good circumstances can attract free agents so i i did not include them yes and the one the one thing kind of hanging over them longer term is they owe their 2021 pick to philly unprotected so they they have reasonable incentive to be very good in 2021 <laughs> or at least avoid being very bad uh, yep that's true okay next on your list uh the wizards uh third worst situation yep. they i mean we've talked a ton about them yep i have them on my list too and i just wrote self-explanatory pretty pretty obvious yeah. yep the wall contract mahin me 16 million <laughs> next year yep they're on mine so back to you <laughs> all right um the hornets mm. uh i mean they were very much in the running for worst situation uh, you can probably guess who I have for worst situation since they haven't been listed yet. But the Hornets, I mean, what can you possibly get excited about with with that team? I mean, they've 
Michael I, Jordan. They obviously jump man. They obviously whiffed on the Monk pick. Um, oh come on! You know. Maybe they didn't whiff on the Bridges pick, but even then, it's like you have Miles Bridges. You're going to have to give Kemba Walker a big deal. So then, I mean, what is like, Miles Bridges' ceiling though? Too, I mean, know? like a fifth best player on a good team. I don't know, <laughs> like um, a Marcus Morris level player. Sure, sure. yeah. Um, so basically, it's 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 Kemba Walker on a deal that's probably going to be bad, and then Miles Bridges and like Cody Zeller and and uh jeremy lamb like that's that's pretty much your core (laughs) or you lose kemba walker and you go and probably get like the 10th pick in this draft i just can't i doesn't help i think that they are i think that they're just committed to just this being kemba walkers they're my they're my number one and it honestly wasn't even that close do you have the Cavs? yeah okay yeah well they're on my list too but how do you how do you what what makes the what makes the hornets uh, a worse situation than the Cavs? Okay, the Cavs at least have Kevin Love, which I'm not sure that, is a good thing or not. But like he's at I least under I don't contract. Think I don't like, think it's a good. I thing. think the Kemba situation is horrible. It's like a. I'd rather have the Kemba situation than the Kevin Love situation. Okay, well we'll get to that in a second. With Kemba, you either re-sign him to a deal you know is bad just to stay relevant, or you trade him and then host the All Star game like a week. Either I don't know when when the trade deadline is this year relative to the All Star game, but like right around that time. Um, and you probably, I mean, that's, they should trade Kemba, right? They're not going to, but they right. should trade him to get an asset. You know, I would maybe. just, but I would even rather have Kemba on whatever deal they put him yeah. on than Kevin Love on his current deal. True. I, I just think the problem is that Kemba keeps you, he's better than Kevin Love and he makes you good enough that you're never going to be bad enough to get the pick <laughs> that you need. And okay, Charlotte also has Nick Batum for $26 million next year and $27 million a year after. He's not good. Bismack Biambo, $17 million player option next year. MKG, $13 million player option next year. Wow. No blue chip You could do that on the Cavs, though. Their second best player is Jeremy Lamb. He's expiring. Like, do they, are they going to pay him? Like The Cavs don't have those kind of contracts. They have JR at 16 next year, which could end up changing depending on what happens with him. And then Clarkson at 13. They have no real money other than Kevin Love committed after next season. I just, I guess... Uh... It's close. It it's close. It, yeah, maybe I mean, it's closer. It's maybe it's closer than I was making it out to be. Uh, I mean, you want to talk about two bad owners, Dan Gilbert, Ooh. Michael Jordan, right up there. Uh, <laughs> kind of in the. I, we should come up with a sucky seven for owners, but um, they would they would definitely be in the mix. I mean, we've seen how bad things can get in Cleveland when LeBron leaves. Uh, it's just you know you're picking in the top five uh, in perpetuity and there's nothing to suggest that they have good evaluators anymore because they took Colin Sexton in this year's draft. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's bleak no matter how you want to slice it. But, uh, I think those are the clear bottom two. Yes. And I also think the tiebreaker for me, part of it was, you know, outside of those salaries is right now, uh, on this Thursday, as we go into a two game slate, I don't think either of these teams play tonight. Uh, the Cavs are eight and twenty-four. The Hornets okay. are fifteen and fifteen. So the so, Cavs have a legit shot at getting Barrett or Zion sure, or Reddish sure. or whoever. The Hornets are going to be picking in the <laughs> sure. Malik Monk zone yet again. Sure. Okay. It would be funny if the Cavs got like the third pick mm-hmm. and then got like the one bust of the top five. You know, that'd be. I think that'd be funny. They deserve it. They've already right. yeah. kind of been through that. Um, Another right. team I had on my list that I wanted to bring up, and I know this is almost like sacrilegious, but the San Antonio Spurs are in a pretty bad spot. Yeah, I. To me, they were kind of firmly in that sort of middle ground. Like there were teams when I was looking, like, are, am I going to consider them for the top ten? Or am I going to consider them for the bottom five? They're probably closer to the bottom five than the top ten, but I just didn't think that there was mm-hmm. enough bad stuff going on or enough track record of bad things happening for me to strongly consider them with the teams that we're talking about here. They are committed to DeRozan and Aldridge for $106 million over the next two years. Both of those guys are not good. Really. Sure, but, I mean, they're... They're paying Pau Gasol $16 million next year. Yeah, but, like, their bad contracts are at least, like, good... Well, like, Aldr- if Aldridge and DeRozan are two of your yeah. three worst contracts, like, that's not At as least bad they're your two as, best players yeah. that are your worst yeah. contracts. <laughs> no, I see what you mean. I, yeah, I, that's why I didn't really... They just missed the cut. I also had uh, teams I was considering for bottom five, Portland. You know, they're not really in a bad spot, but they, you know, it's, I think it's going to play out like it has the last couple of years. They're going to lose in round one, maybe round two. 
and we're going to look at this roster and be like, well, they don't really have a, a real way to improve this, but they're good enough that, you know, they're not a bottom five future. Like if you're a Blazers fan, you're not looking ahead like, wow, this is going to be horrible. Worst case scenario, maybe you flip Dame and get some, you know, a really attractive package of players back. Houston, Harden is enough. Capella's enough that did, they're not bottom I did, five. I but did the consider Paul, Houston. The Paul contract, they have... They have like five NBA players on this team right now. <laughs> I definitely considered Houston. They, and and they probably their owner is making a really strong push to be in that that yeah. bottom seven or eight owners in the league yeah. conversation. Did you consider Orlando, New Orleans, or Memphis at all? Uh if I were to consider any of those, it would have been New Orleans. Um, but I just kind of want to see what happens yeah. with the A D situation. Like if they get a legit haul for him, then it's not that bad, but yeah. Um, yeah, I guess let's move to the let's move to the top ten. Okay. Um, did you rank these? This uh, is more important to me that they be ranked. Yeah, I ranked them. Sure. Yeah, I definitely did. Okay. Well, you can. Okay. You can kind of figure it out. I mean, it's not hard to no, order no. these teams, but okay. So my tenth uh, best situation was the Jazz. Mm. Uh, kind of a bet on. The coach, Donovan Mitchell, Gobert, ownership seems good. Uh, they seem pretty competent in the draft. They don't have a ton of bad money. I mean, the, the Dante Exum contract is, is not looking great. Uh, but that you know, other than that, they don't have much bad money on the books. Um, I just think they're going to – they might miss the playoffs this year, but I think that they're just going to be mm-hmm. uh, a team that really bounces back next year. I think like Donovan Mitchell – this is going to be just a down year, but I think that he bounces back in year three. And I, like I said, the the rest of the kind of structure of the organization is pretty sound. Yeah, yeah I mean they're they're finally off of Derek Favors after this year, which you know he's been productive enough that I, that's not like a horrible contract. But they'll have a little bit more flexibility. You know, they they do feel like they're still like one pretty good player away from being where they need to be. And like we said, I mean, not that long ago they were a pretty popular pick to finish second or third mm-hmm. in the West. So if Donovan Mitchell plays like we expected him to play, I think they're significantly higher, or at least a few spots higher on that list. I have the Brooklyn Nets. Okay. Uh, not a whole lot there right now, but you have Spencer Dinwiddie, who just re-signed on a really good deal. Um, Alan Crabb, not a good contract. But other than that, the money that they've been <laughs> paying Dwight Howard is off after this year. <laughs> Damari Carroll, Kenneth Fareed, Jared Dudley, they all come off the books. Jared Allen is very good. He's very cheap. Um, they're still paying Darren Williams five and a half million next year. Kind of forgot about that. So he's he's off the books in 2019. <laughs> Finally get Darren Williams off the books. Uh, but they have new ownership that can't be any worse than the old ownership. A very attractive setting. A ton of cap space. Um, I love Karis LeVert. Karis LeVert. Yeah, I kind of, I kind of forgot about him. Like it, it, the way that D'Angelo Russell has played, it wouldn't be like egregious for them to re-sign him at the right price. They're probably going to be picking top five, top six this year. Um, so I don't think they're going to be good next year, but chances are they're going to either acquire someone really good in the draft or be able to attract at least one top level free agent over the next four or five years. Yeah, I couldn't put them top, I couldn't put them top 10 just because I there's not a player on that roster that I look at and see like I could I could squint and see Karis Levert turning into an all-star in a couple of years um maybe Jarrett allen but like the rest of the teams i have in this top 10 at least have a guy on their team who's significantly better than anyone on the nets roster but i i totally get it like as far as rebuilding teams go they're in a they're in a really nice spot um my ninth best team is the 76ers uh which might seem low for them but you know, I'm kind of worried. I mean, obviously they have no depth right now, which I think is going to hurt them in the playoffs. The Simmons, Embiid, Butler situation, like I just don't see those three personalities meshing the way that you would ideally have like a big three mesh in terms of like what we've seen with Golden State, what we saw with Miami. Like I, I just I think that there are some – there's kind of some gaps there in terms of those three guys enjoying playing with each other. Uh, I think Jimmy Butler's contract's going to end up being bad. I think it, it might be fine early on. Uh, I am assuming they're going to resign him. Um, but yeah, I just think that they uh, are almost out of assets. They 
you know, the Mark Markel Fultz thing, the fact that they're unwilling to just cut bait on him, if that report is true, is a huge mistake in my opinion. Like, cause I think that contract is going to get really bad. I mean, it's already bad, but like, I, I think that's just bad money right now. Um, but you know, when you have Simmons, when you have Embiid, you have to be in the top 10. I just didn't want to rank them any higher than that. Yeah, I have no qualms with that whatsoever. Um, I think I have them at six or seven, six on my list. Um, and that was basically it. I just wrote, they have Simmons, they have Embiid. They're probably going to have Butler locked up as well. Um, and even though I don't love how I think Jimmy Butler is going to age over the next four years, you know, not many teams, like we, we can't really be mm-hmm. criticizing a team that has that young core. And they still do have a window right now until you have to pay Simmons. You know, it's like they have a little bit more flexibility I think next year, like if, if you have to project like when they might win a title, if they re-sign Butler, they make some moves on the margins to improve the role players, maybe you get rid of Fultz, you, ha- you still have cheap Simmons, you have Embiid, the Warriors maybe aren't the Warriors, like that would be, I think, their, their kind of ideal window is, is the 2020 playoffs. Um, and they, and you know, like, <clears throat> excuse me, like I mentioned with Miami, they're getting that 2020 or 2021 unprotected pick from the Heat, so you know, we'll see where that ends up, you know, but even if you just take, take the average and say it ends up at 15, that's still a pretty decent asset to have. Um, all right. Working from the bottom, I have the Kings and I wrote here that I do not trust management and that's a huge factor in this. And I'm skeptical to even put them on this list, but Fox Bagley, Bogdanovich and healed is a, a core four that I like a decent amount. Um, Fox and Bogdanovich in particular, and I mean, the Buddy Heald is legitimately good now. And mm-hmm. it's going to take me, I think, like a full year to actually accept that. Um, and they have to make a decision on him next summer. So he kind of has another year to prove it. Um, I just, I love that like Bogdanovich Heald duo just stretching. Like, I mean, it's, it's obviously not ever going to be anything like what the Warriors have, mm-hmm. but just not many teams can say they have two young shooters that are of that caliber. And that just makes things so much easier for right. a guy like Fox. Yeah. So the thing with me, I mean, the management is among the least trustworthy in right. terms of developing and drafting. And just um, like who they might try to sign in yeah. free agency, like who they might draft. I mean, like just it's the recent it's, track, yeah, like it's the very, George Hill deal, the Shumpert deal. The, the fact that they wanted to sign Levine. Yeah. I mean, Zach Randolph is still on this team <laughs> for some reason. Um, and then the other thing with them is they don't control their pick. That Yeah, that's not good. Um, I didn't include them, just the management thing. To me, I, they were on the short list of teams I excluded, along with the Nets. Uh, I mean, Darren Fox is so good. Like, I almost – if we hadn't done this today, we might have just spent 15 minutes talking about Darren Fox. But, yeah, um, yeah no, I, I get it. Um, my eighth team, Mavericks, that's pretty self-explanatory. Um, we talk about them all the time. I just – you know, they don't have – they're after this year, they really have no bad money on the books. I mean, I think DeAndre Jordan counts as bad money currently, but mm-hmm. one-year deal. Um, I'm. It's tough because they, I think they're better now than they sort of expected to be, and so they're probably not going to get the type of pick that would really suit this growing core. But I don't really think it matters since I think they have one of the best young players in the league. Yeah, I have no. Uh, so no real debate on that. Who's your? Who's your? Uh, that was eight. So who's Wait, your... That, so what, can you recap your, your bottom three? Jazz, Sixers, Mavericks in, in Mavericks. reverse order. Yep, okay. Yeah, I had Mavs on my list as well, obviously. They have some very tradable contracts. Um, and the only players on the books for them after uh, next season are Doncic, Dennis Smith, and Jalen Brunson. So, yeah. And I trust their ownership and their management. Um, the Denver Nuggets. Jokic is locked up on what's going to be, I think, a at worst a fair deal at best a cheap deal for how good he could end up being i mean we just discussed him as maybe being the eighth best player in the league you have gary harris locked up on a fair deal you have will barton who when healthy is on a very fair deal mason Plumley, who's actually been pretty decent for them uh comes off the books after next year probably don't bring him back after that um and then you have paul Millsap off the books after this year as well which i mean there is a 30 million dollar team option on him next year i don't think they're going to take that um they have monte morris who looks like a big time steal in the 2017 draft and he's making only one and a half million next year so you're basically getting him for free for another season before you have to deal with restricted free agency and then the cap on all that is a still michael porter who might actually be good we have no idea i think you know right now anything you get out of michael porter 
not only this season, but for the next four or five seasons, kind of has to be viewed as a bonus. Yeah. So I had them, I had them sixth. Um, it, everything you said is, is accurate. They, their ownership does not have a great track record, but the amount of young talent they have just can't really be overlooked. It wasn't enough to get them inside my top five. Uh, just really quickly, like I'm going to name my, my seventh team. And then I think we should do, we should each list our top five in order. Uh, my top or my seventh team was the bucks. Um, obviously some uncertainty there. I, you know, I honestly think that they should operate. The only way that I think they can operate without doing, um, stupid stuff is to just say, we think Giannis is resigning no matter what, like, like just say like, we're going to do like the, whatever is best in the event that he resigns. And if he doesn't, we're screwed either way. Right. Like, mm-hmm. you know, yep. you're, if he doesn't resign, like you're, you're screwed, but like, just at least try to set yourself up so that yep. when he resigns, you're in the best position to try to win championships after that. Yep. Um, and I, I honestly think that, he's just kind of a different type of superstar where uh as long as they haven't just done stuff to like really piss him off um when they put that that max offer in front of him i i think that there's enough commitment there um that he might that he might just sign it like as long as they haven't screwed him over so uh that's a nice spot to be in obviously i I didn't want to rank him higher just because there's a chance that he's not there in a couple years and then they're they're right you can't try to play both you know like you can't try to compete and maybe plan if for you know for Giannis leaving like we've seen that play out before it never ever works all right I had the Sixers at seven we already talked about them I had the Mavs at six uh they could probably be higher I had the Bucks at five and you know I it's solely because of Giannis I think they have a lot of questions that are going to define the next few years that you know their their hot start this year and how good they've looked has kind of overshadowed like these huge decisions they have to make i mean the middleton extension situation is not a decision that i would want to have to make it's a really really tough one i mean zach Lowe um on his pod the other day was saying like he said the best case scenario is it's a slight overpay and that's super true right Mm -hmm. i mean like chris middleton is not going to sign a max or a near max and just like blow that contract out of the water like at best you maybe overpaid him and that's kind of a scary way to look at it, but I think it's it's true. Can you Brockton, think of an example of that in the past where it has worked out? Like, what what's like sort of a best case scenario when you sort of know you're giving a slight overpay? Like, I, I sort Drew of holiday. Oh yeah, Which, um, and he's still like in the early Mike, phase. Mike Conley, Conley, yeah, yeah, like that type yeah. of player. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I would almost argue that those players at their peak are maybe better than Middleton or they're at least like doing more for the team. I think Drew Holiday definitely guards. is better. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So that's what you're hoping for. And when you have a player as good as Giannis, who in three years is probably the first, second, third best player in the league at worst, you know, you don't have to have Kevin Durant as your second best player. Like you can have a, a second tier star be that guy. But I think like worst case scenarios, it's kind of like a, like Richard Lewis type of situation yeah. where like, all of a sudden he's like your steroids your yeah. six you're like sixth man like yeah, right. just spot up three-point shooter like yep. can't guard anyone like that, yeah but the problem is they're, they're paying him to be the second option right and you also have brogdon bledsoe lopez all coming up this year like they have big 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 decisions to make um and you know they're not a, they're not a team where you're just like well we'll just keep the cap space open and sign somebody like that's just not an option for milwaukee yeah and there aren't enough difference makers like mm-hmm. I, I think there are guys that are like top thirty guys in the league that would sign with the Bucks. Like, but it's just it's your Paul a Moore lot of people types. are locked up. You know, only three or four guys of that caliber hit the market every year, mm-hmm. and there's all these other spots with space. Yep. So, yeah, it's a it's a tough situation. Um, so my uh, five through one, I have the Clippers fifth, I have the Lakers fourth. I have the Raptors third, Celtics two, and Warriors one. Yep. Okay. So I had Lakers four, Clippers three, Boston two, Golden State one. Where do you have the Raptors? Uh, I have them in honorable mention. You have Raptors honorable mention? Yep. What's wrong with you? I don't think Kawhi is staying as a guarantee. I, You know where I stand on Kyle Lowry. I think they have a lot of nice pieces, but without those two, like I don't know. That doesn't get you that far. Like, How much do you really like Fred Van Vliet? 
Well, I think they're, they're like they're, what do you? They're in a good how, spot. But how likely? Spot. How likely do you think it is? They have that, Norman Powell on the books for how likely do you think dollars. it is that Kawhi leaves? I think it's fairly likely. I mean, why are the Clippers on the list? Because they might get Kawhi, right? Well, they might get Kawhi or Durant. Yeah, like, I mean, I don't. I. It would really surprise me if they didn't get one of those two. But I think that it's going to be Durant. Like, I just think that makes sure. way too much sense. Yeah, I think Durant. If I had, if I had to guess where Durant goes, I would say the Clippers and, too. But and I, I just think the Raptors' uh, young talent is really interesting. If Kawhi stays, like, I think it's the type of team that could grow into a NBA Finals winning team, like in. Like I think they could win the finals like next year if he sure. stays. Um, if he stays, I also I love Siakam. I don't love the, any of the rest of those guys that much. Like, are any of the rest of those guys, even Siakam, are any of those guys ever going to come close to making an All Star team? I don't uh, think so. I think Siakam will probably make an All Star team. Um, I don't. I think you're right about like I don't. I don't think OG Ananobi will. I don't think Delon Wright will. Who's probably going to leave this offseason? Right. Um, They're big men. Are a bit of an issue, you know, like I, I think 23 mil next year. I think Masai has done a pretty good job. Oh, for sure. Um, and I just, I sort of have, maybe this is, I'm just trusting in Masai a little too much. I, I think that the Raptors are gonna do major damage in the playoffs. I th- they would be my pick to make the finals this year. And that's part of why I think Kawhi stays. Like, I think that it's just going to be, uh too much fun for him too much mm-hmm. of a fun ride like i think the you know once once it's spring summer in toronto like i think he's gonna just kind of look around and be like why the hell would i leave this situation and so like I, this is definitely a, a a ranking based on me uh projecting him mm-hmm. to stay um okay fair enough but no, i mean I like you not, so you have take. you have like the kings and the yeah. nets ahead of i don't, ahead I don't of the raptors love, i don't love like it's not like the raptors have this like like those Jaylen teams Brown, would change those teams would trade spots with the raptors in well, a heartbeat course, they, yeah well they would trade spots right now Kawhi leonard is not locked up beyond this year kyle lowry turns 33 in march and they're makes gonna win 63 million dollars this year. year yeah they're, they're gonna be good this year that we're not doing this year yeah they're for power ranking did i do this wrong we're power ranking the teams this year the kings are not number eight um, but yeah, I'll just go, I'll just go quick. Now I my, just want the Raptors to, to win a NBA Finals. I don't want that. <laughs> if they trade Lowry first. Uh, so at Lakers, you have LeBron James, one. Mm-hmm. You have a young tradable core. You have the dang deal now stretched, so that's not quite as much of a, an issue. Uh, and then you have KCP, Rondo, Lance, Beasley, McGee, Tyson Chandler, all on one-year deals. So even if this doesn't work, which by no means is this their long-term crew, they're not really financially obligated to any of these guys. Clippers, you know, kind of goes without saying cap space, attractive location, good ownership, great management. Now you have a really promising rookie on a cheap deal. Um, Boston, again, what goes was, without saying. What was your top two? Boston, Golden State. In what order? Golden State one, Boston okay. two. Yeah. We, so we have the same top two at yeah. least. Um, I mean, Golden State is in such a ridiculous position. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. I mean, you can't. A I normal team would trade you, KD. You can't have Golden State anywhere but one. Just, yeah. I mean, when you're you're overwhelming favorites to win the finals in sort of perpetuity so right. like you can't even though it's not they don't have any good young assets they have, their depth is horrific they might lose their best or second best player uh they're putting they're in like a month they're gonna have five mb all nba players starting right and i mean did who i mean we just have no clue what that roster is going to look like a year from now um but you know they're going to have Steph. You know they're going to have Steve Kerr. You know they're going to be in one of the most desirable right. markets in the league. So like you can't have them anywhere but one. Uh, and I really don't think you can have the Celtics anywhere but two, uh, just because mm-hmm. you know we. I mean, the amount of assets they have, and you know, even if they don't get Anthony Davis, right? They're still <laughs> they're still two. That like, doesn't two. matter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that, that maybe puts them at one if they get Davis, right? And they have picks incoming from the Clippers, Grizzlies, and Kings. Those are all first round picks. They're conditional, obviously, but they're they're all coming at some point. The only thing I could think of that maybe knocks the Celtics down and makes them the clear number two is like that Hayward deal. All of a sudden, doesn't look great, but he's. I mean, I, I think, think that's he'll, only I two think more he'll years. be. I think he'll be fine. Yeah. Like, I, I think like he's going to be good enough that you're. It's not going to turn into a Luol Dang situation. Obviously, yeah, he's going to be playing it's, basketball. This, yeah, this isn't like a Chandler Parsons yep. situation. Okay, well, looking forward to Christmas Day games. Um, I'm sure you have plenty of plans with family. Um, look forward to recapping that after the holiday.
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.